My name is Rita Baker-Schmidt, and I am the Regional Coordinator for JASNA Maryland. And I want to welcome, welcome you all very warmly here today. Um, about a year ago, we decided that we wanted to do something special post-AGM for our members and for the general public. And we were lucky enough to have the Dells come and help us out with that. So I want to thank Goucher and Nancy. Hi, Nancy. Will you wave to us so we can see you? <laughs> and Mary Ellen, who I think is conveniently ducked into the other room. Um, Nancy and Mary Ellen and I were on this, the small committee for doing this, and Linda for hosting the, the Dells. So um, I think that's all I have to say. So I just want to welcome everybody here. Um, if, you if you want a bag and you haven't gotten one, please see the registration table. And everybody enjoy your day. Thank you, Rita. Everybody hear me okay? Okay, I don't see anybody shaking their heads no. Um, I'm Pamela Flinton. I'm the interim co-college librarian here. And I want to take this opportunity to welcome you all and also to thank all of those people that have helped pull this together. Uh, the fantastic staff of the library, the fantastic people that I worked with at JASNA, my first opportunity to work with them, Sue and Martindale for being here, and Juliet Wells. If you have any questions, you're welcome to come and find me after this event, and I will either tell you what I know or find out an answer for you. At this point, I'm going to call Juliet Wells up, and Juliet is going to introduce our two fantastic <laughs> guest speakers. Well, isn't that what Juliet does best, though? I mean, really. I also write. <laughs> no, but it's, it's a pleasure to welcome you all here and welcome you back to Goucher in many cases. And we are very, very fortunate to have visiting us Martin and Sue Dell, who live in Alton, which, as you know, if you have visited Trotton and Alton, is just up the road or down the road from Trotton, an easy walk. I have encountered them on the walk, a great pleasure. And they have lived there for more than 35 years. Uh, Martin, following a career as a senior manager in the National Health Service, the NHS, um, became a volunteer steward, a docent at Jane Austen's House Museum in 2011, and then Jane Austen's House Museum lost no time in tapping him to become a trustee of the Jane, is it still the Jane Austen Memorial Trust? Is that the? No, it's now Jane Austen's House Museum, CIO, so I won't. Ah, oh, all right, all right. I'm and not gonna bully with that. No, no, no. <laughs> and the, the trust is in charge of, of, of directing matters related to Jane Austen's House leadership, as trustees tend to be. Um, and Martin is going to speak to us about a day in the life of Jane Austen's house. So please do welcome him. Thank you. Well, thank you very much, uh, Juliet. Now then, I'm, lo I'm looking at the lady here who's, who's actually frowning at me, so that's okay. Uh, is that any better now, to your device? All the way to my... That actually sounds a lot better. Um, thank you very much, uh, Juliet. Um, I can't believe it's actually several months now since you know since we had our last encounter on the on the lane just between uh, Alton and and, and uh, Chalton. Um, thanks also to uh, Mary Ellen and to Rita for for their very kind invitation. Yes, I, I think it is almost a year, isn't it, now since we've been exchanging emails, and to, and for for this finally to have happened is just is just great. And uh, finally, uh, there's been mention made of uh, Linda 
Slotford, but we've been pleased to call Linda a friend for several years now, and she and Chris are just the most fantastic hosts. So uh, we're just very, very grateful, both, both Sue and I. So then. We operate as a team. <laughs> Is that okay? Is that okay? Um, Jane Austen's house, uh, as we call it now, it was it was her it was Jane's home for virtually the last uh, eight years of her life, and where she wrote or she revised each of her six great uh, masterpieces. I want to give a flavour of life uh, at the house. What makes it tick? Its main features some of our events and projects in recent years where Jane seems to be reaching ever bigger and, and uh, wider audiences. And we've been delighted to celebrate 200th anniversaries of, of each of her publications and also, also mark the 200th anniversary of her death. And can I just perhaps check at this point how many people here have actually been to the cottage, been to Jane Austen's house? That's probably getting on for half. So the other half, you've got a real treat. That waiting for you. So make sure that you do it sometime. Uh, this is our fourth visit to the United States uh, over the last seven years uh, to attend to attend uh, JASMA conferences primarily. Uh, and Sue, Sue actually spoke again last week uh, at, uh, at uh, Williamsburg, and it seemed to be a really good opportunity to actually share some of our experiences more widely. And, and actually for us, of course, to see some of these amazing um, uh, documents uh, and, 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 and editions that, that, that uh, Juliet has, has uh, showed us. I'd like to set the uh, geographical context first of all. This is this is a super simplified uh, map um, showing showing the southern southern part of England, and you can see there that Steventon is is is, is marked up at the, uh, the top there. <coughs> of course, that was that was where Jane was 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 born, and she actually lived about the first she lived the first two thirds of her life there. So this lady here isn't isn't hearing me still. I'm thinking. I can hear you just fine. You can hear me the same. Can can you hear me okay? the lady behind you? Fair. 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 Well, that's not bad. <laughs> let's, let's try and keep it at, at least at that level. Um, and, you, and you can see Chawton itself as well uh, just there. And that's, that's about 15 miles away from Winchester, which is where, where, where Jane died and, and, and of course, is, is uh, buried. And for reference, I've, I've also included Bath there to the, to the northwest, which is about 60, 60 miles away. And then London, which is about 45 miles away. The next few slides are, um, are, are showing pictures of the house in uh, different contexts. So it really is quite, uh, quite uh, photogenic. Um, and this, this, is from, uh, this picture is from last winter. So we have this sort of vast, you know, feet, feet deep of snow. Well, actually, actually, it was three inches, and, and in fact, <laughs> in fact, about four days after this, there was nothing there at all. So, uh, but but actually, that was the first snow we had had for for a four or five years. So, uh, it does look it, it does look very pretty. I love this photograph. This is this is the oldest photograph we actually have of the house, and it dates from uh, from 1910, um, so before the First World War, and. Um, Shows the uh, village pond, which was uh, uh, which was eventually removed and, and, and drained in the 1920s when when the road was uh, was remodelled. And you can see there that the that the road, which was a very very main one at that time, passes right in front of the house, and that is, you know that is that is quite significant. 
I also love this picture as well. This is, this is, this is full colour 1950s. Um, we don't actually know which, which precise year this was, um, but this is, this is a time, although there's hardly any traffic in this particular shop, um, the, the main road through Chalton used to be incredibly busy. Uh, I, was actually born, uh, I was actually brought up in Hampshire myself, about, about 30 miles away, and I can remember on the summer Saturdays trailing through, going through, going through Chalton on, on route to London at about two miles an hour on average. It was just awful. Um, but then in the late 1960s, uh, those of you that have been there will, will, will be aware that a big, a big bypass was actually put in, which goes round, round to the west uh, of, of the house which means that, that uh, Chawton as a village is probably quieter now than it was in, in uh, Jane's time. I love this as well. This is a, this is a very old-fashioned finger post. Until about 20 years or so ago, this was, this was a, pretty, a pretty standard uh, 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 sort of English signpost, if you like. Um, and you, you can probably read the items actually on the finger post itself. So this is, so this is, uh, this is the the essence of an English village. Um, and it's just, it's just worth me emphasising here that Chawton House is referred to, and there is so much confusion, not just in America, but in, in England as well, in, in the United Kingdom, about Chawton House and Jane Austen's house. We are two separate, you know, two separate uh, houses, uh, two separate organisations, but with a very, very close relationship, of course. And it's about, it's uh, between a quarter and half a mile between the two. And, and again, those of you that that have been to see it at the at the cottage have probably also walked up the road uh, to to uh, Chawton House and, and en route you could go to the church uh, and in the, in the graveyard there in fact uh, both Cassandras so Jane's sister and and Jane's mother are actually buried there. Next next few minutes I'd just like to um, to highlight some of the some of the sort of greatest hits of our of our uh, collection of of artifacts. Um, we can start with, with uh, Jane's, Jane's uh, writing desk. Um, again, not to be confused with the writing slope, which, is, which, which she used when she was travelling, which is actually on, on the display, on, on permanent display at the uh, British Library. So this is, this is the thing at which, at which Jane created her great masterpieces. And in 2013, which was the 200th anniversary of, of, of uh, Pride and Prejudice, during the course of one very long day, 70 or 71 of us, I can't remember how many chapters there are in, in Pride and Prejudice, but we actually sat right next to that and we, and we read out aloud the whole of Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> and that was one of the most spine-tingling days, I think, of our, of our, of our lives, you know, just, just a few inches away from where this great piece of work was actually, was actually created. Um, it's a wonderful artefact. Of course, it has 12 sides. It is, it is, it is really, really tiny. And, and this almost acts as a, as a sort of shrine uh, for, for, for many of our, of our uh, visitors. Uh, like, like Goucher, we have a, a range of, of uh, first editions. This is a complete set. Um, this, is, this is the edition that Jane gave to Edward, her uh, brother. He, he then had it, had it covered, which, uh, and it was nice to see some of the cloth-bound versions uh, just next door. You'll recognise this as James, James Ring. Uh, anyone here wearing uh, one of these? Ha ha! <laughs> I, hope, I hope you're, in, hope you're uh, deriving great, great uh, pleasure and enjoyment out of it. <laughs> um, this, is, this is beautiful, but actually quite a modest ring uh, in many ways, and it was acquired uh, in uh, 2013 via a fundraising appeal follow, following the item coming, coming onto the open market. It was actually acquired at auction by Kelly Clarkson, who's, who I think was the 
which is a singer who won American Idol a number of years ago. Um, but the UK government, uh, because of its cultural significance, put a temporary export ban on it, and they actually gave us three months uh, in which to raise the same amount of money that Kelly Clarkson had bid, which is £155,000. So they, were given, they gave us three months, and in fact, because of people's incredible generosity, we actually made that money in less than two weeks, which is just, just fantastic. And it's now there on, on, on permanent display uh, for, for, uh, for this generation and future generations to enjoy. And just, just by the by, we haven't watched very much American TV since we've been over here, but, but in fact, when we were propping up the bar last week at, at uh, Williamsburg, we just happened to catch uh, the Kelly Clarkson show. And, and actually, after her disappointment, she actually had a replica made. And in fact, uh, she, was, she was actually still, still wearing it. Uh, and it was, it was very, very distinctive um, as an engagement ring. Forty-one objects, which is uh, referred to there, that was um, that was one of our major projects for 2017, the bicentenary of Jane's death, um, in which we introduced a major artefact from our from our huge collection uh, each week for 41 weeks, and the significance of 41 being that that was the age at which Jane died. Um, so, th so this was a, this was a virtual exhibition and a real one as well. So we know that lots and lots of people from all over the world were actually actually following it. And all, all that material is still very much on our website, so do, so do take a look, because it, it actually acts as a, as a nice uh, compendium of our, of our recollection. Now, Juliet can talk about these. These are, these are, the, these are the lovely topaz, uh, topaz crosses given by Charles, uh, the younger of, the, of, of uh, Jane's sailor, sailor brothers, uh, to Jane and uh, sister Cassandra with uh, prize money that he'd earned. And no, we're not sure which was which was given to which, so we just say to, to uh, Jane and Cassandra. Which was Jane? Ah, <laughs> that's what I was just saying. We're we're absolutely uh, we're actually not sure, which is why we say they were given to Jane and Cassandra. <laughs> um, this is the uh, donkey carriage, which uh, um, for the last year or two, the first thing that you see, in fact, after after you after we've re uh, relieved you of lots of money. Uh, you actually you actually come through and, and uh, see the donkey carriage, which is uh, it is a lovely artifact and actually quite 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 moving because in fact Jane Jane used it to go to Walton, which is as uh, Juliet says is where Sue and I live. Uh, but in fact, in 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 the last year of her life, it was used very extensively because of course she wasn't able to walk. I've saved the best till last though, so I hope, I hope I'm expecting lots of wows from this. <laughs> Isn't that stunning? That, ladies and gentlemen, is the finest quality plastic. <laughs> um, and this actually formed a part of our 41 objects uh, exhibition because actually it is an important artifact because it, the serious point here is that it actually reminds us that, that, that different people come to Jane and they come to Jane Austen's house via a, a, a wide range of routes, um, you know, through, through, through um, prequels, sequels, TV, um, radio, uh, film, and so on. So there is a serious point there. None of this would be possible without the fantastic commitment and enthusiasm of staff and volunteers over, over many years. Uh, in 1949, there were barely any staff and, and little curatorial experience. But over time, the organization has developed in order to meet modern demands, including the care of our, of our uh, collection and ensuring that our many visitors uh, enjoy an excellent experience. 
And in fact, over the last six or seven years, we've had a minimum of 40,000 visitors each year. And, and, and in, in uh, 2017, uh, again, marking Jane's, Jane's death, um, we had 55,000 visitors. And I have to say, because uh, I'm a docent as well as a, a trustee, and there were times when it felt like it was just rather too many people coming in. <laughs> given that we're trying to extol the virtues of a, a quiet English village as well, so if you've got hordes of people coming in, that's, uh, it's not quite like that. In the 70 years since we've, since we've been in business, we've had over, over 1 million visitors in total, which is uh, quite, quite remarkable. Um, we have a small, a, a mix of a small core of uh, professional staff and, and many volunteers, trustees, docents, uh, collections, uh, and, and the garden. And the background for this, for this particular gathering was uh, Janet Johnston's retirement in May. She's the lady in, in all blue, uh, roughly in the uh, middle. Um, she worked for over 20 years for us uh, at Jane Austen's house and uh, managed the volunteers. Heaven help her. <laughs> in many ways, Janet encapsulates the spirit of uh, Jane Austen's house. She's loyal, kind, committed, incredibly knowledgeable about, about Jane. And we miss her a lot, except that she's come back as a steward. So that's fine. <laughs> One of, one of Sue's roles as, as a collections um, uh, volunteer is to organise special cleaning sessions. And this shows one of our volunteers, someone called Steph Emo, cleaning with, with great care, I should emphasise, around Jane's writing table. Now the next few slides uh, show some recent events, beginning with 2017, when we celebrated Jane's life and marked the 200th anniversary of her death. So again, those, those of you that have been to the house will recognise this is the drawing room and, and, and the, the particular thing of interest here is the wallpaper. We've, we've been aware for many years of there being fragments uh, of, of what's clearly old wallpaper in the, in the drawing room and indeed upstairs in, in Mrs Austin's room, the, the uh, family room. And three years ago we had these samples analysed by a, a specialist English wallpaper company called Hamilton Weston. Uh, and they confirmed that both sets dated from when the Austins were actually at the house. So they made modern replicas for us, uh, and you can see the results here. Um, and these, these were manufactured by Hamilton Weston in exactly the same way. They were hand-blocked in exactly the same way as original wallpaper was. So we've got some idea of what that room would have looked like to Jane. So that's the room downstairs, and uh, the room upstairs, this is, uh, this is the family room. And what you're seeing here, because it's, it's, it's all slightly confusing, to the extreme right, uh, that's, that's, that's one of the windows, and you can see some of the original fragments there that, that, that were taken. And then over to the left, you can see the wallpaper that we actually had, had uh, put up. But the paper that's on the easel uh, in, in the middle there is what the Austins should have had. Uh, but theirs was hung upside down. And it was missing, it was missing white rosebuds. I don't know if you can see from, from there, uh, in, uh, the, the version on the easel actually had some tiny white, white bits. So those, those, are, those are rosebuds. But the, but the version that the Austins had didn't, didn't have that at all. And Hamilton Weston's assumption is that, is that what they had was what we would call a second now. So it was perhaps made by an apprentice, so it was faulty and would have been cheaper. We shall never know precisely, of course, but it's a, it's a lovely idea, though. Anyone know who this is? Yay, the lovely Lucy. The lovely Dr. Lucy Worsley. Uh, she's a well-known British historian, TV presenter, curator, um, dresser-upper. Um, 
and I think you see her quite often on uh, PBS and Britbox and things like that in, in the US. She's, she's, a, she's a great Austin enthusiast, uh, as, as you'll know, and she's a great friend uh, of, of uh, Jane Austen's house. Um, this is the occasion of her visit to us on the 24th of May, 2017, uh, and that was to mark 200 years to the day since, since Jane left Chawton for, for what turned out to be the last time. She, went, she was very ill. She went to Winchester to be, to be closer to a, a specialist doctor, uh, but unfortunately died barely, barely six weeks later. So what Lucy was doing here, we were marking this, certainly not celebrating it, um, that she read, she read from Jane's letter, which, which Jane wrote uh, just immediately after she'd left Chawton, uh, when, she was, when she was talking with great hopefulness, great optimism about, about getting better and about coming back. So as you can imagine, about five seconds after Lucy had finished, everyone was in tears, because uh, it's another very, very moving letter. Those of you who are at uh, Williamsburg will perhaps recognise that dress that Lucy's wearing, because in fact we, we, we actually uh, made it one of the prizes in a, in a uh, silent auction. Uh, Lucy, Lucy, Lucy very kindly donated it to us. I can't remember how much it made, but it was, it was, it was a fairly significant amount. And the plaque behind Lucy, which you can hopefully see there, was originally erected by American and British supporters of, of Jane in, in 19, 1917. So that was to mark the 100th anniversary of, of uh, Jane's death. Um, thanks to the, it had got quite tired, I have to say, and rather uh, bedraggled, but thanks to the generosity of Jasner, we actually had it conserved uh, just, just immediately before this. So it's now looking absolutely splendid. So again, thank you for that. So many thank yous. In 2013, the Bank of England uh, decided that, that an image of Jane would appear on a future um, £10 banknote, uh, and this was duly launched in 2017. So the picture shows Victoria Cleland, who's the chief cashier of the, of the Bank of England, actually presenting a special numbered edition to, to Mary, Mary Guyatt, who's, who's our director. In in fact, the, the, the number of the particular banknote that she's handing over is 1949, 1949, which is really rather nice. And this is what a £10 note looks like. So, so there's a lady on this side, who you may have seen before, and there's a lady on that side as well. So within, within the picture, you can see uh, a picture of uh, Godmersham Park, which was, which was where Edward Knight, Jane's, Jane's mother, lived, and, uh, and is said by some to be the inspiration for, for Mansfield Park. It shows the 12-sided uh, writing table, and also has a, a quotation from, from uh, Caroline Bingley within, within Pride and Prejudice, which talks about loving reading. Now, once, once we got wind of the fact that the Bank of England were actually proposing to, to use this, we actually told them twice, look, she's being sarcastic. When she talks about loving reading, she is being sarcastic. She doesn't mean it. <laughs> but they weren't really into the sort of irony and so on, so, so it's, it's there, and it's fine. It's fine. This is made of polymer, so this is, so this is plastic, and I, I really don't have the confidence to do this, but it is said that you can, you can go like that and it won't rip, and it, it is also said that you can, you know, you can, you can wash it, but uh, I, haven't, I haven't tried either of those things. As you can imagine, the costs of uh, maintaining a late 17th century house 
visited by thousands of people each year are, are, are huge. And we've established something called Jane's Fund so that people can actively support our maintenance and restoration programme. We actually launched it in the light of the, of the issuing of the £10 note. And, and, and Sue actually had the very clever idea of inviting people to send, send us their first Jane Austen £10 note. And hundreds did. So that was, that, was, that, was, that was great fun and actually very, very profitable as well, I have to say. The uh, campaign is very much uh, ongoing and it's worth stressing that the museum do does not and never has received any, any regular public funding. Um, we remain a private charity and we depend almost totally on, on our visitors and, and what they spend uh, in, in the shop, aug augmented by grants for which we apply uh, from time to time. This is actually a terrifying shot because this is taken from a, from a, from a, from a cherry picker. Um, this, it was taken in, in August of last year, 2018, whilst important work was being carried out to the roof. Uh, the, the roof, unfortunately, is, a, is it was then and is now a major, a, a major preoccupation and it's our, and it's our number one um, uh, restoration priority. In fact, last week at the JASNA conference, we, we launched an appeal whereby people can, can uh, sponsor a roof tile, uh, not a real one, uh, a new one, in uh, support of, of funding a, a replacement roof. So on your, on your seats, you should have a postcard, um, which uh, I've got plenty more if you persuade it, <laughs> um, which actually tells you how you can, how you can make a, a donation of, of $20 uh, for, 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 for a tile. And... If, you, if, if you'd like to do that, uh, we're very happy to, to uh, receive your cash today. We can't take cards or a cheque, unfortunately. Um, but it's a nice opportunity, perhaps, to, you know, to, to, to mark you know, someone, someone who's died or a member of your family or whatever. Um, and we'd like to collect the details, or at least, at least the name, uh, afterwards. We have, we have, a form, uh, we have forms outside. And we'll, uh, and we'll be keeping a, a, a permanent register uh, at the house of, of, of uh, donors. And, and my, second, my second prop, and this is, this is, care, this is courtesy of Linda, is this, is this is an existing roof tile. All, all of these are at least 70 years old. Some of them will be much, much older than that. So, so, so we, brought, we brought one over with us um, uh, in, the, in the baggage of our, of our director. <coughs> and and this, is now, uh, this is now Linda's possession, in fact. So that's what it looks like. Yay! <laughs> in the fullness of in the fullness of time, Mary, and when all these thirty thousand tiles are off, we will we will be selling them. You can you can you can, you can rest assured about that. It's going to be a while yet, though. <laughs> As I was indicating earlier on, our our, our main theme for for uh, twenty nineteen has been to celebrate seventy years since the museum first opened, and we currently have a lovely display of items uh, 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 which, which uh, tells the story of how the museum came into being, and that's, and that's on for the rest of the year. For the first time, we've installed the listening post, uh, which, which actually features the letter that Juliet referred to, the letter that, that uh, Cassandra wrote following, uh, following Jane's death. So this is, this is beautifully read, read by our, our, uh, our learning officer. And again, we have people in tears quite often. This is uh, 
one of the other things we've done this year is to actually is to ask our visitors to 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 leave a note about that what Jane means to them. So this is uh, this is a rather lovely note written by one of our Italian uh, visitors uh, back back in April. Can can you read that? No. Okay, I shall need to come and stand in front in that case because I because I certainly can't read it from that from that screen over there. It is an, emo an emotion for me to be in Jane's house. During my life, I read a lot of her books, and I had imagined what she looked, what she saw outside her window, the incredible view, uh, sorry, the incredible ancient world, the magnificent English countryside. Now, after 27 years, I can see what she told in her books. And that's from somebody called Roletta uh, in, in uh, Italy. I don't know who on earth this is. <laughs> this is all past the two-way flow. It's not just objects, it's also people as well. So one of the things we do each year is to... Um, we, we host a number of, of uh, lectures uh, uh, during the course of each year on, on Austin-related subjects. And this year we've, we've uh, been delighted to welcome, welcome back uh, Juliet. Um, and... Uh, as you can see from, from that slide, the, the, the theme is very much this kind of two-way flow over, over the years. And in fact, we've also had Janine Barkas uh, speaking this year, which is, um, she, was, she was one of the keynotes last week at uh, Williamsburg. So those, uh, again, that's an excellent opportunity to exchange perceptions and, and knowledge uh, and, and learning. We're now in the territory of roses. Um, in, in conjunction with the uh, very long-established uh, English rose breeder Philip Harkness, or Har Harkness Roses, we have now launched three roses. Um, Pride and Prejudice in 2013, Jane Austen in 2017, and then this year, uh, this, this one here called Chawton Cottage. Each one has been launched uh, at the International Flower Show, the, the uh, Chelsea Flower Show, which is held each year in, in, in uh, May in London. And this picture shows from the left Philip Harkness, who's the seventh generation uh, owner of, of Harkness Roses. Um, and, then it's, and then it's Mary Guyatt, our, our director, holding the rose, and then it's Philip. Um, we, we actually benefit directly from each and every rose which is sold. Um, and, it's, and it's been a very, very positive relationship over this last few years. The next slide shows, shows the rose in, a, in a rather more detail. You can see it, see it more clearly. It's, it, it's the most gorgeous thing. It's, uh, it's a climber, um, and in fact some close friends of ours actually bought one about, about three months ago, and it's already, e even, even though it's coming towards the end of the season, it's, uh, you know, it's making, making great, great strides. And it, so it's a, it's a very strong disease-resistant rose, um, and it's got a beautiful scent as well. So I hear you cry, can I buy any of these in America? <laughs> Just to go back a moment, this, is, this shows the launch of Pride and Prejudice at, at uh, Chelsea in, in 2013. Um, now, now, this particular gentleman who's launching it, Ian Hislop, is a huge name in, uh, in the UK, but hardly anybody in America has actually heard of him. Has anyone? Ian Hislop? He's a, he's, he's a satirist. Uh, he's the editor of, of A Private Eye, which has been a satirical magazine for the last 70 years, and, and, and is on... Um, What's the program he's on, Linda? Can't help me. Um, Have I got news for you? Sorry, just got there. <laughs> Have I got news for you? And I'm still getting blank faces. So, uh, so, 
the next time we speak to him, we must tell him that uh, all his name and genders is blank faces across, <laughs> across the world. Any rate, we, we and, and, and Philip Harkness are very keen that this, that this rose in the first instance should actually be available with, with, with the United States. Now, as you might imagine, the, the uh, quarantine um, uh, requirements are actually very, very stringent. And, and I was, Sue and I were hoping that actually by now we could make an announcement to say it will be available from such and such a date. I'm afraid we, 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 we can't yet, but, but, uh, but uh, bear with us. Um, and I hope uh, before long it will be available within the NHS. And again, this is, this is a lovely, uh, this is a shrub rose. And it's absolutely beautiful. It's a, it's a delicate color, as you can see, but again, a beautiful scent. And we hope that Jane would have approved. At, at the museum, we're very mindful of the important role that we, that we play in our local area, as well as our international responsibilities. Uh, and we're very enthusiastic supporters of something called the Jane Austen Regency Week, which is a, an annual nine-day festival, inclu uh, which includes over 30 events. Uh, which, which uh, celebrate Jane's time at Chawton and also Alton, which, as, as we were saying, is the nearby town uh, where, where we live and where Jane visited regularly. Um, the festival takes place every, every June uh, and always includes a, a sold-out ball at, at Alton's assembly rooms, which is, which is where this, this uh, picture is taken. Now, to help us bring the story up to date, we need to go back again. Um, this is this is a picture. I, again, I love this picture. You feel you can reach, you know, back in, back into history. This is from the official opening of the museum on the twenty third of July, nineteen forty nine. And as I said, the um, the uh, museum's main theme for this year is is, is celebrating seventy years as a, as a uh, museum. Bri briefly, the house was part of the Chawton Estate, so it was owned by by uh, Jane's brother Edward Austin later at night. And the Jane Austen Society for the UK was formed in 1940 with the aim of buying the house, but they actually didn't have enough money, uh, and they launched an appeal, and T. Edward Carpenter, who was a uh, solicitor from North London, stepped in and actually bought the house for £3,000, which of course is now a derisory amount of money, but then just immediately after the war was, was, uh, was a huge amount. And he immediately set up the charity, which effectively still, still runs the house, and actually uh, devoted virtually all the rest of his life, and he didn't die till 1969, to developing and maintaining the museum. Again, another, another very moving aspect to this is that, uh, is that the Carpenters lost their son, Philip, uh, in 1944, uh, during, during, during the Second World War, in action. So the house is actually dedicated to the memory of, of uh, Philip Carpenter. Again, during, during this year, we've actually displayed his, his medals and so on, which have, have, have never been seen publicly before. So again, I think that's a fitting, a, a fitting, fitting tribute. The um, the uh, picture includes on the far left the the then or the the seventh Duke of Wellington. Uh, at that time, he was the he was the president uh, of the uh, Jane Austen Society, uh, and, and he actually performed the opening ceremony. And the and the short gentleman next to him is T. Edward Carpenter. So yes, the Jane Austen Society was you know, was very much involved then. And I hope that we're friendlier and kinder and so on than, uh, now than those, than, those folk, than those folk were in the 1970s. Mm. 
this is the official uh, invitation to the event, which was quite a hot, hot uh, ticket at the time. And in fact, one of these originals uh, was also a prize last week uh, at, the, at the silent auction. So that was, that was also great fun. Anyone recognize this gentleman? No, okay. Um, this is, this is T. Edward Carpenter's grandson. Uh, so this is Tom Carpenter who for many years was our chair of trustees uh, and actually lived over the shop, literally. He actually, he actually lived in the house as the uh, curator. And without the Carpenter family, it's, it's unlikely that the house would have, would, have, would have survived in the first place and certainly not, not uh, prospered over the years as it, as, it, as it has done. So again, we wanted to celebrate and to mark their immense contribution because uh, I don't think we'd be sitting here now um, if, it, if it weren't for them. The uh, picture itself is from, from a lovely party that we held uh, on the 27th of July, so that was the nearest Saturday to the, uh, to, uh, to the actual anniversary of the opening, to celebrate the 70 years. Um, and of course, Tom was, Tom was one of our guests of honour. Given, given that we held this in high summer, uh, uh, the entire morning was a washout, because it, it, rained, it rained all the time, but Miraculously, in the afternoon, it actually stopped raining, so 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 we were actually able to have some some uh, dancing, which went uh, went on for the for the whole afternoon, and it was a very very happy occasion. This lady, uh, Pam and Tom Barber, you they, they were also our uh, special guests for the afternoon or for, for the for the day. It's highly unlikely you'd have heard of them, but the but Pam has the distinction of being the last person to be born at Jane Austen's house. In fact, she was born in Jane's bedroom. Um, the the uh, story, uh, and this was, this was on the 6th of June, 1941, uh, and at this stage, the house was still owned by the Knight family, by, by the Chawton estate. But it had been, since the death of Cassandra in 1845, it had been subdivided into three separate dwellings. Um, and, it, and, it, uh, and it was lived in by the state uh, members of staff or the retired members of staff. The occupants were, gen were generally elderly, but in fact, Pam was born in the dwelling of her grandmother, uh, and her own father was actually away at the war at that time, so, uh, and they lived near, uh, in, in uh, Alton nearby. This story's only recently come to light, and as you can imagine, it's caused a huge amount of interest. In fact, when we, when we, when we first spoke to Pam, we said, why haven't you spoken about this before? To which she replied, I didn't think anybody would be interested. <laughs> So during the day, Sue and I had the pleasure of, of uh, taking them round round the house, you know, for a full guided tour. And we were astounded at at, at Pam's uh, recall. Uh, she she was able to pinpoint exactly where a particular cupboard had been, where a pantry had been. And this is from 60 or 70 years ago, so it's quite amazing. And she showed us her birth certificate. She brought that along. I'd love to have a copy of it at some point, but it actually says Jane Austen's house on on the birth certificate. Has, Pam has written up her recollections, and they're absolutely fascinating, as you can imagine. And this, this picture shows her presenting them, uh, the, uh, the signed copy, to, to, to our director, Mary Guyatt. We seem to have been talking about letters quite a lot. Um, we, we actually own a good number of, of, uh, of uh, Jane's letters, and, they, uh, and we have them on display on a rotational basis, because obviously, as, as Juliet was saying, you know, these are... These are precious, fragile items, and they need to be handled with, uh, with extreme care. 
we're, we're very much in the business of acquiring new ones uh, as they become available, and as long as the price is right, just thinking about the one that's available, that's uh, going onto the market in New York shortly, which is going to go for an absolute fortune, and, uh, and, we, uh, and we will not be bidding for it. This uh, particular one that's on the screen dates from uh, 1814, and it was the subject of a, of a uh, public appeal earlier on this summer. And after only a few weeks, we, we uh, successfully reached our uh, target of £10,000, uh, which was critical to the overall price of £35,000. It was handed over in August to us, and then, and then the next day it was on display. Um, and, and this again highlights the huge support that we get from so many people from all over the world. Now we need to return to the subject of wallpaper. Um, I mentioned the two sets earlier on um, for which we've had modern uh, replicas made. There's actually a third fragment. Uh, this is in, in the uh, dining room. And although this has proved difficult to, to uh, date precisely, we know um, that it was, it was definitely there when Jane's sister, Cassandra, was still alive. We know that it, it, it's, it's uh, before 1836. Um, so, so it's certainly seen by Cassandra, if not, if not Jane herself. Sorry? Oh, I see, yeah. <laughs> so we've had a, a, a modern, modern reproduction of this made as well. And here you can see Ray, uh, who, 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 who was a colleague actually, actually dealt with the two previous ones three years ago, uh, actually starting to hang it just a few days ago. Um, and I need to say here that this work has largely been funded by the most generous donation from the Washington, D.C. metropolitan region, of which, of which of course, Linda is a, is a member. Um, and it's, it's actually surplus from their hosting of, of the AGM of 2016. So again, it, it, it's the most fantastic, tangible gift. Um, and, this is, uh, and this is what it buys. And this is, this is the room finished. This is just a... Uh, we, we actually kept the room open for most of the time, uh, you know, fenced off, if you like, so that people could actually see the work in progress. So this is this is very very unusual to see such, you know, such such sort of heritage types like wallpaper actually actually being applied. So thank you again for that, and that is just that is just stunning. We were quite concerned actually with the first proofs. It was making it was it was it was looking almost almost gothic and almost as if it actually had arsenic or something within it. But uh, but that's actually quite quite nice and minty, I think, and uh, and. Uh, This, to my mind, is a uh, delightful picture of two, two young girls playing in the garden. Uh, they're actually from the US, uh, and they and their family lived in the, U in the UK for a number of years. Um, and their, their parents very kindly gave us this and uh, many other similar pictures. This also illustrates our small but perfectly formed garden, which, which actually looks attractive throughout the season. And again, some of you who were at uh, Williamsburg last, last week may have heard Carol Cherniger who's from Pittsburgh, but actually has spent lots of time over at Jane Austen's house, give an amazing illustrated talk about the garden, about its history and so on. So that's, uh, you know, that's, uh, that, was, that was very, very well received. In, in summary, our, our mission is to celebrate Jane, her life, her work, her times, and, uh, and as I said, the cottage reflects life in a quiet English village. I'm delighted that we have fans and supporters all over the world, and we actually produce four electronic newspapers uh, each year, which highlight what we, uh, what we get up to at Jane Austen's house. If you're interested in uh, receiving one, please do add your email details to, uh, to um, our, our list. It looks, it looks something like that. 
and there are, and there are blank copies that are out, outside. Thanks very much, Marianne. And finally, this, this very simple picture was taken from uh, Jane's bedroom on the 18th of July 2017, uh, at the same time as the good and the great uh, were at a service at Winchester Cathedral, where, where Jane is buried, who were giving thanks for her life exactly 200 years since, since her death. And above all, to my mind, here in Shorten, this is where greatness once walked. Thank you. And uh, uh, very happy to take any questions if, if there's time. It's not the simple questions, it's simple questions I dread. Um, let's see if I can get back. You can yeah. actually, you can actually explain. Go. Well, that's yeah. not that's not particularly clear there, is it? Um, the sort of essence of the answer is that is that is that this is this is a house with Tudor roots. It's it's mainly built in the 1690s, and like like any house, regardless of its uh, of its use, it gets knocked around quite a lot. Um, if you're if you're looking if you're looking from across the road and 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 looking full 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 square at the house. Um, Jane and the others would have gone into a into a door which is which is dead centre, which you can't see now, and they'd and they'd have gone to the left and to the right. So you know, uh, you know, you know, standard layout. But after Cassandra's death in 1845, as I said, the house was remodelled, so it was actually divided into three separate separate dwellings. So you have so you have three three doors now, two, two of which were used routinely. So um, sorry, I'm often just trying to bigger picture. Yeah, so if you're a visitor, that's that's where you go into. So that was that was that was the that was the entrance for for, for one of the three, um, and then and then the others are actually are actually round round the front. So you've still got this confusion. Because the other thing that's very confusing is that um, this this window here was actually put in uh, by Edward Knight, or Edward Otten, as he was then, just just before the the the, the ladies moved in. Um, the the window the original window was actually round round the front, uh, but I mentioned that the road was very very busy, uh, and in fact what what was found was that was that carriages and, and this was Winchester in one direction, Portsmouth in another direction, and London in another direction. So lots lots of carriages coming through the whole time, and uh, people would actually you know would be up high and they would and they would look in. <laughs> so so what Edward did was to have. I think I will. Go, I, I will go back actually because I think it's rather than me burbling. I can probably show you rather more easily. Very uh, beginning, I think, <laughs> for the for the sort of classic three quarter view. Yeah. So this this was this was the window that that Edward had had, had bricked up, 
because that was very, very invasive, because the road was coming right, right along here. Um, the, the entrance to the house that Jane would have known would have been somewhere around about here. And then this one, this one was put in sometime, sometime in the 1840s, so, so, so that was the entrance to, to the second little dwelling. And then there's a third one round, round the side. As I say, any, any old house gets, gets, gets knocked about. <laughs> So there's a picture. Yes. Um, one of the celebrations of the of the sixth novel was the um, the updating of the sixth novel. Uh, ah, the sixth author's yeah. permission. Yeah. Can you speak to that, please? Um, I can speak to it, but without huge enthusiasm. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a personal matter. Um, now, so was it Penguin that did this? Was that oh, the? Juliet. <coughs> Thank you very much. HarperCollins UK, um, yes, decided it would be qu uh, quite a wacky thing to actually get, a, uh, get a, an up-to-date, uh, a, a well-known author to, to, to do an update of, of, each, of each of the novels. So it's people like uh, Joanna Trollope, um, Alexander McCall Smith. Uh, did Ali Smith do one? I can't remember. Right, okay, yes. So these came out, I think, I think over, over a period of, sorry, they, they, they came out um, gradually. As I say, I, I'm personally, I'm, I'm not personally a huge fan of these updates and sequels and prequels and so on, but, but yes, it happened, and I think with mixed success, I think it's fair to say. Is that reasonable, Juliet? <laughs> Right. Okay. Uh, in terms of what she died of, we we don't abs we don't absolutely know. Uh, every 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 generation, some you know, some new medical researcher comes along and, and tries to go through such evidence as there is, which is not very much. And so there are things like Addison's disease, uh, uh, renal TB is the is the is is the uh, most recent. Um, but the simple truth is, we don't know. Uh, it it would be something for which they wouldn't have had a name in any case. And although. Although we know about the the uh, progression of of, of uh, Jane's illness through her own, you know, through her own letters, I mean, she talks about being ill and you know, you know, you know being off her feet and so on. But but the symptoms that she describes aren't ever aren't ever terribly specific. So I, I suspect one of the things I find endlessly fascinating about about Jane is that, is that there are some aspects of her life about which we know vast amounts of detail, and there are, and there are other things, for example, what she looked like, we don't really know. And, and in a sense, some of these things are not knowable. Now then, um, Edward Austin, Esty, uh, Austin uh, and, and Knight, we probably need to al al allow three or four hours for this probably, but um, at <laughs> any rate, uh, the, the Austins uh, and the Knight family were distantly related. The Knight family, who, who, who uh, traced their lineage back to uh, Tudor times, um, owned, owned a very large set of estates so they, they actually owned pretty much all of the village of Chalton. They owned uh, pretty much the village of Steventon, which is, which is where Jane and, and uh, the others were, bo uh, were born. And they owned, God owned uh, Godmersham Park, which I refer to on the, on the uh, £10 note, which is over in Kent. It's quite close to Canterbury. Um, what's happened two or three times uh, over the centuries is, is, that, uh, is, that, the, is that the then knights, 
if you like, you know, the, the owners couldn't have children of their own. So they, they needed to designate an heir. So Edward, although he was third or fourth, third, third oldest, actually was, was the lucky boy. And, and, they, and they actually took a fancy to him. I don't mean that in any sinister kind of sense, but, you know, but they, cause they, all, they, all, they all knew each other very well. But they, you know, they actually took, took to Edward from, from, you know, from, from very, very uh, early on. So he became their designated heir. So when they eventually died, he, he copped the lot, basically. Hence, hence us all calling him the lucky brother. Um, and then eventually he came, he came good in, in terms of, of, the, of the women of the family. Because, because by, well, in 1805 or 1806, George Austin, the father, died. So it left, it, it, it left Cassandra, mother, Cassandra and Jane, sisters. And then, in fact, uh, Martha Lloyd, who was a close fam family friend, and they and they and they moved around Bath, and then Southampton, going going down in the world uh, each each time, uh, and then eventually uh, Edward came up with the offer of of rent free accommodation of of uh, Chalton Cottage, so that's that's how they came to be there, um, and of course it's still it's still the Knight family who actually owns Chalton House, although it's out on a long term lease to the to the to the charity that actually runs. What until recently was called Chalton House Library. It is still owned by by Richard Knight, who I think spoke at the AGM a year or two ago. Yeah. yeah. Um, in 2017, when they issued the ten-pound note earlier in the year, as in honor of or commemorating her death, they issued out coins, the ten-pound coins. Absolutely. And I was lucky enough to there. I bought one. But I was just wondering. I mean, there was not much publicity on it. Yes, that's yes, that's absolutely true. Uh, that that kind of came and went. I mean, the the uh, Royal Mint, which is responsible for for issuing coins, actually issue you know issue these kind of special uh, commemorative versions actually fairly often. I think I've heard Tim Bullimore, who runs who who runs uh, Jane Austen's Reads, if you will. I think I think I heard him say that only about seventy thousand or so of these of these actually produced. So you know they really did come and go very 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 quickly. And I think actually Tim bought bought lots of the remaining ones up and was and was selling them last week <laughs> at the Emporium. But of course the the ten pound note. I mean this is going to have a life of five to ten years almost certainly before you know before it's it's replaced in its uh, in its turn. So yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Honestly, don't know. I mean, they would—they'd have to change. How often would they have to change horses tw every twenty miles, something like that? In, yes, because that's only about fifteen miles. Two and a half to three hours to get, because Ste Steventon to Chalton, I say, is about fifteen miles. Steventon is just to the west of Basingstoke. Uh, Bath would have been much more complicated, I think. I mean, it, it, would, it would have been along the, the route of what is now the A4, which is actually an old, an old, an old Roman road. So it would have been a fairly straight road. But even so, they would have had to have changed pr pretty often. Yeah. I mean, you know, this was serious, you know, serious travelling time, and, and actually seriously uncomfortable. And it's interesting, of course, because even even 20 years later, you know, you know, when you're reading Dickens novels, pre pre railway. Um, you know, it's still taking an awful long time. You know, you read Tale of Two Cities, which is you know set set back in this time. It's uh, it's it's pretty hard work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Linda. Yeah, we certainly do. Um, and in fact, yes, you mentioned floorboards, and and every couple of years or so, we have to have remedial work done uh, on the on the floorboards. One, one of the, one of the things things that we that we've done each year is to actually close completely during during January. Uh, I mean, essentially, people aren't massively interested in coming to see the house in January in any case. Uh, but it's a time where we can actually get some of this serious work done. Yeah, I mean, having fifty thousand people tramping their way through uh, something which is as I say, essentially is late 17th century, is, you know, is a massive issue, yeah. And that's, you know, that's our lot forever. I mean, that's, you know, but it's worth, it's worth doing, we think. Um, and, and that's why the roof is so important now, uh, because it was, it was invested in very heavily 70 years ago, but of course it's, uh, you know, time marches on. My wife is, is trying to attract my attention. I was going to say, this is a, this is a problem which uh, changing fashions has largely dealt with in any case. But I can remember eight, eight years ago when I, when I, when I f was uh, first uh, stewarding, we actually used to sometimes uh, offer people the, the, those little plastic overshoes. <laughs> Terribly elegant. <laughs> Um, a, a, the catalogue still exists from, from, from sort of ancient times. Um, but with, and with the first two, they were able to be fairly precise. With this third one, they've been able to be nothing, li nothing like as precise. Now there's a date on it. Now, now there's something we're here relating to tax, um, to taxation law, isn't there? So, and there's a date on it of 1835 or 1836. But again, Cyril will give the detail on this. we do actually I mean it's I, I mean it's um th th there's no obvious reason for it because because we know that they kept close touch 
and he was certainly aware of, of, of the fact that they were going, going, going down in the world. Um, whether, he was, whether he was what one might call careful, uh, I, I, I'm rather, rather um, stingy. I, I don't think they have any inside track, really. Go on then, Sue. Sue's about to offer one. That's right, yes, I know. No. Edward, Edward mainly lived at uh, Godmersham. Mainly at Godmersham, yes. I mean... One more. Mary Ellen, you had your hand up at one point. Oh, I was just going to comment about the shoe. Um, <laughs> I was there, uh, and it was snowing, and it was the one day that it did have snow. A number of years ago, maybe about 10 years ago. And I came in my American boots, and um, I walked in, and uh, I went to the gift shop, and, and I said, what do you want me to do about the shoes? Because they're wet, because I walked at the bus stop. And um, the lady said, well, walk in, and we'll figure <laughs> in stockings, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right, yeah. Okay, well, thanks very much.